Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Download Required. I'm Cliff Hickman. We have a cliff only for you today. Joe uh, Joe Scott, my usual co-host, has been busy. He's unavailable, so this week we're going to be doing a video game show. It's something we haven't done in a while, and there's a lot of stuff I've been wanting to talk about. Uh, starting with Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4, thus far, probably my favorite game of the year. It's so good, it made me realize how much I've hated modern Spider-Man stories. This is probably the best Spider-Man story I've seen since the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2 movie. When you take a look at uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and then now you have Spider-Man Homecoming, there's this weird thing where he becomes younger and younger every time. Or now he's almost like barely in high school. He's probably in middle school. I don't know. Tom Holland seems really, really, really young. I guess it was a high school character. But uh, that's not the case in Spider-Man on PS4. He is a recent college graduate with a job, living on his own, uh, doing his own thing. And it's it's really refreshing. I kind of like having him be a little older. It's not an origin story. You're not learning about how to use his powers. He already knows what he's doing. And, of course, there is a, a lot of crossover with the, uh, as far as mechanics, of course, the Batman Arkham series. A lot of stuff has been lifted from that. It's You can tell that was a big influence on the developers over at Insomniac from, you know, the very simple combat to the... Uh, Stealth mechanics, uh, to some of the collectibles, to some of the puzzles. There's not very many puzzles, but there's one with barcodes. It's it's basically the Riddler puzzles where you have to line up the, the question marks and take the picture. Uh, there's one thing with barcodes that is, it's exactly that. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> no, there's no denying what it is. It's the Riddler question mark puzzle, but with barcodes. So, there's a lot of similarities between them, and I guess the best thing I can say about that is they're both really good games. It, does, it doesn't it does drift into, I mean, the Batman Arkham games are very, very dark, oppressing, kind of relentlessly, you know, they, they just get darker and darker the further you go down the rabbit hole, which works with something like Batman. I'm happy to say with Spider-Man, they did not do that. A much more optimistic character, a much more optimistic uh, outlook on life, uh, and they, they've kept that. His problems are very different than something you would see from Batman in the Arkham series. I really liked uh, the, the supporting cast, which that's always a big thing. They can be kind of annoying in games, right, if they're not handled right. Uh, these characters are all very, very likable. They changed Mary Jane Watson uh, quite a bit, which I, I like the changes, actually. She's an investigative reporter instead of a uh, supermodel. It's definitely a, uh, a departure, but it's one that helps and makes sense in the context of the story where she's feeding Spider-Man information and kind of helping him with his investigations. So, it definitely makes a lot of sense, and it seems a bit more plausible to me. I think you run into more reporters than you do supermodels during the course of life. 
Uh, Miles Morales, a uh, character that is Ultimate Spider-Man in the books, is also there. Uh, he's a fun character. He's If you want the high school version of Spider-Man, he's, he's around. And some things happen with him that are pretty interesting. I don't want to get into story spoilers. They didn't just throw him in there. there. He's there for a very specific reason, reasons, more than one. And... Uh, a uh, really charming character, really likable. Aunt May is there. Uh, definitely one of the better versions of Aunt May. If you think Marissa Tomei is a little too young in the uh, the new movies, this is definitely the classic Aunt May you would expect. Uh, pretty energetic still, and, and still working, and, and giving advice, and all the things you would expect. Uh, the one thing they do with Spider-Man is they do kind of turn some of the expectations on his head where he's all about overwhelming responsibility and he feels responsible for everything and everyone around him. And they do kind of turn that on its head at times where that gets him into trouble where people are close to him or telling him, I can take care of things myself. You don't need to be around all the time. And in fact, he at times messes things up because of that. So it's it's nice to see that kind of turned on its head, and they do some interesting things with it, and he gets to a point where he starts to accept more help from his supporting cast. So that's kind of a big theme of the, of the whole story, is him not controlling every single aspect of his life, which, is, uh, which has been pretty fun. I, I liked it. And then you get into the villains... Uh, Definitely an interesting group. The newest one is uh, Mr. Negative. He's only been around about 15 years, Martin Lee. He was one of maybe the only good thing to come out of the Brand New Day series of comics. Um, Very interesting character. Uh, He runs a... He's a humanitarian by day and a supervillain by night. So there's and they and they do some interesting things with him. I don't know. I thought he was probably one of the the best parts of this game. And then you run into more villains throughout, but primarily it's Mister. It's almost Mister Negative story, which is nice because you haven't seen him in a lot of formats yet. Uh, Brand new day as a comic series was terrible. I contend that it was bad, I don't like it, but they were able to strip that element out of it and make it work. That, that's a good villain. So they were able to to get some things done. You'll see other ones, there's classic ones, the Shocker you run into uh, early on, who's always kind of a punching bag, you get to put him away a couple times, so it's uh, it's fun. Everything you'd want from a Spider-Man game is there. The story, the uh, the action, the challenges are fun. I spent about, I think you could do the game in half the time I did as far as beating the story. I probably sunk over the course of two and a half weeks about eh, 25 to 30 hours in because I wanted to do everything. I'm close to platinuming it. Platinuming it. Why'd they have to make it such a weird word? But, uh... I don't know if I'm actually going to go through it. There's too much stuff coming out. There's already stuff coming out I'm uh, missing, so that may be a work in progress. And then you have expansions coming. They announced uh, three expansions for Spider-Man, so I like the game, so I'm going to get more of it. Uh, starting in October, you have the Black Cat. So that's And then there's, uh, I guess, there's like Turf War, 
which I don't know what that's going to entail, and then Silver Lining. I'm guessing Silver Sable is going to be part of that, I'd imagine. So, three expansions coming. Spider-Man, something I'm going to be revisiting probably through the end of the year. Uh, this far, my favorite game of the year. Uh, I guess I, I would declare it game of the year, except Red Dead Redemption 2 is still out there, still lurking, still ready to drop at the end of October, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get that done by the end of the year. I say that jokingly, but you never know with a Rockstar game. I remember Grand Theft Auto V to finish that. It was taking me, it took me like two weeks, and I was at the time playing games a lot more than I am now. I was running Grand Theft Auto V, the story mode, probably five, I'd get off work 11, probably get home by midnight after after doing some, some stops and things. I'd be up till 5 a.m. every night just running that story mode. It took like two weeks. It was it was unbelievable. And as long as they've been working on uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, I'd imagine something similar. I'm not I'm not that young anymore. That was what five years. I was barely 30. I could do it then. I can't do it now. You might get a couple hours a night out of me on uh, Red Dead, but that's gonna be about it. I'm gonna have to get some sleep. I can't. I can't handle that, but my goal is to finish that one by the end of the year. Uh, God of War, I still need to finish. That one, at times, was kind of wearing on me, though. I know everyone loved that one, but uh, I don't know. Something about it just didn't feel like God of War to me. It felt like Uncharted mixed with God of War with... What I hate now are all these, what I call them, something you could handle in a cutscene where characters are talking and walking, but I have to do it, you know, they're just talking, nothing's happening, you're just holding the stick up and walking up a hill while characters talk to each other, I, I just don't find it very exciting, that was happening all the time in God of War and it was driving me nuts, that's why I hated Uncharted 4, it's like nothing happened, all I did was walk around and talk to people in that game. And speaking of Uncharted 4, how about we segue into Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I did get a chance to put a little bit of time into that. That's kind of the reason I haven't platinum Spider-Man is because I moved into that game. And, well, it's kind of fitting that I mentioned Uncharted 4 because this one is... It's not done by the same team that did the first two. And you can kind of tell that right off the bat, for better and for worse. There's like a heavy emphasis on uh, puzzles and exploration, and combat has almost been stripped out of the game. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. You rarely run into combat anymore. And that's kind of sad, because I loved the combat in the Tomb Raider thing. And what's killing these adventure games are these reviewers that complain about something called ludonarrative dissonance. The person that uh, coined this term, I wish them 50 lashes with a wet noodle, probably something more severe, but I don't want to get in trouble here, so 50 lashes with a wet noodle. And if you don't know what ludonarrative dissonance is, it's the fact that, say, an Uncharted or Uncharted 2, I like Uncharted 2, uh, where Nathan Drake is making a big deal about killing someone, but through the course of the game, you've already killed about 500 people with guns, and people say, oh, this is a big deal, it's not making the story make sense, it's a video game, alright? I enjoy shooting people, I don't enjoy 
wandering around caves. I don't enjoy swimming underwater for extended periods of time. This other stuff's fine, but uh, I'm here to put an arrow through the back of someone's head when I'm playing uh, Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raiders. You know what I'm saying? They have one of the best bow and arrow game, you know, best feeling bow and arrows in all of gaming, and now you're getting me to a point where I barely get to use the thing outside of puzzles, and not sure how I feel about it. I just, I don't like it. It's like, I just, just let video games be video games. As the old Drowning Pool song said, let the bodies hit the floor. I'm here to have fun, I'm here to escape reality, I'm here to have a good time. If you're going to complain about the body count in a video game, like Tomb Raider, go watch Citizen Kane. Go do something else. Stop ruining my hobbies. That's my thing. I got all these people that, for the reasons I enjoy hobbies, like comic books we've talked about, they got to weasel in and say to me ridiculous things like, oh, or, you know, the story's not making sense because we're killing too many people. And, and so then we have a walking simulator where all I do is walk around and talk to people. Lottie frickin' da. It's a great time in the city tonight. So, no, I'm not real happy with the changes in Shadow of the Tomb Raider right now. Interesting story, of course. They've done a good job with those. I do like the supernatural elements, whereas Uncharted went away from those. By 4, there was no supernatural element. It's what made it very boring to me. Oh, it's a pirate tale with actual smelly pirates who betrayed each other. And that's supposed to be a, a huge theme. Yeah, but pirates betraying you. That's like Tuesday. They're pirates. That's what they do. I don't find a big moral tale out of that. I'm sorry. And then, don't get me started on Uncharted 4. You had that new character that was uh, played by Troy Baker. Ugh, I hated that character. I wish he'd fall off a bridge and get shot. About to, I, I tried to shoot him. I tried. In between cutscenes. Wouldn't let me do it. I think it was, I think his name may have been Sam or something. I hated that character. And you spend all game with him, and he doesn't shut up. It's like, ah, one Drake doing quips, that that was fine. When you have two of them doing it and competing, it's just, it got obnoxious. I hated it. So when they said that series was, it wasn't sad. It probably outstayed its welcome. When you go to the long lost uh, twin brother, you've probably over stayed your welcome this is the uh, third tomb raider in this new rebooted series they're saying at least the actress camilla luddington who has played laura croft uh since the rebooted tomb raider has said this was imagined as a trilogy and uh she is not sure if she will be back and as sad as that would be because she's probably the best actress to ever play that role um I guess it would make sense. It's better to go out on top or slight, not on top. I would, I would say that the first two games are going to end up being superior to this one, but close enough to the top where you don't have this huge fall off. Where to me, Uncharted Four was a huge. I was so tired of that game. Drug on. They could have done this thing in half the time. Drug on way too long. Nothing happened. Uninteresting. Same tropes over and over and over again. I was I was just done with it by the end of it. So if this is, you know, three, I wasn't quite tired of Uncharted after three. If they would have left it there and given it a better ending, they probably would have been fine. 
and change things up significantly from there. Uh, I don't think Tomb Raider will go away. They may hop around in the timeline, make her older, make her something that more resembles the uh, kind of the older Tomb Raiders. Uh, maybe they could retell some of those stories that made sense, I guess, like the original. Because the the whole thing with this uh, new Tomb Raider series has been to build her up to that point. It was to show her origin, to show, you know, kind of where she came from and how she wasn't such a, you know, a great archaeologist, adventurer, all that stuff immediately. It took some time. It was very much kind of like the Daniel Craig Casino Royale of the uh, Tomb Raider franchise. And it worked. And this one... I suspect I'll be able to get through. Those games aren't as long as the Uncharted ones general. I guess if you do the tombs and things like that, they could be. I don't care about the puzzles, so... Unless you're dangling, and they did. I will say uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider did. I did do the Challenge Tomb because there were some upgrades in combat that I could only get from doing the Challenge Tomb. So if you allow me to... This is going to sound horrible. If you allow me to kill things in new and creative ways and you put them in the challenge tomb, I will do them. If it's just, oh, you can hold your breath 0.5 seconds longer underwater, I'm going to skip that immediately. Uh, Generally, I hate guns in real life. I'm never going to own one. I don't own, really, any weapons don't rob me, now that I've said that. But I, I don't really have any weapons here. But when it comes to video game, video games, I'm a barbarian. I want to shoot everything. I want to use everything. I want to kill everything. That's just uh, kind of where I'm at when I play those. And I see them being stripped out of something like Tomb Raider. I'm like, come on. This is the reason why I'm here, man. Although I will say one new mechanic in the combat sequence I did play that I loved is uh, you can do the Rambo thing where you smear yourself with mud and blend into walls. You can can pop out and and attack people from the wall and kind of stealth kill them and put them into the wall and no one notices. I don't know. I I really enjoyed that. It sounds really uh, dark and all those things. But uh, that's been the highlight of the game so far. The the old uh, John Rambo blend into the wall and pop out for a knife kill. (laughs) It's like the world's worst jack-in-a-box for an unnamed uh, gunman that's trying to take over the world. So it's like, how bad can you really feel for him? You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is out now. There's like three editions. I just got the normal one. I was still playing Spider-Man. That's the new thing. Everyone has these special editions of games. If you pre-order the special one, you get it like two to four days early, uh, depending on the company, and it's like I had Spider-Man, so I didn't need it early, and in fact, I put off Tomb Raider a couple more days after it came out, because I was still playing Spider-Man. One game that uh, came out I did like this week, you have the Capcom Beat-Em-Up Bundle, headlined by Final Fight, that was a game I played, uh, Speaking of a game with no story where you just you just beat people with objects, uh, <laughs> Final Fight was one of my uh, favorite games growing up. I love those style games. You get about seven of them, some of which I never even heard of. And it's just been 
uh, a lot of fun. You know, you get uh, all sorts of eras, all sorts of... there. You don't get any of the licensed one because there was some Marvel ones that featured like by other companies, not necessarily Capcom. There was like Spider-Man ones made in this style. There was X-Men ones made in this style. Everyone had like a beat-em-up type game. These are more generic, but still same thing. Just a great time. Anytime you can get uh, Hagar out there and, and start dropping pile drivers on people and suplexes, and he's the mayor, but he wears like a singlet around <laughs> around town. I don't know. I've loved Final Fight forever. Any chance I get to revisit that, I am going to do it. So you can get uh, seven of the classic Capcom beat 'em up games for twenty dollars on the Xbox, PlayStation, and switch uh storefronts that's my recommendation of the week if you if you're young if you've never played final fight uh and you want to see something completely ridiculous and fun unlimited continues it's it, i mean you're just you're there to punch things i think pretty much is is the point i'm trying to drive home i would recommend uh, uh picking up the capcom beat em up bundle just to try uh final fight and then some of the other ones I played, which I'd, I'd not heard of, like I think Knights of the Round Tables, a, a King Arthur experience. That was uh, that was pretty fun. There's a sandals and sorcery type one. <laughs> there there was one that uh, you're a you're an intergalactic bounty hunter. It's, I can't remember the name of the game. I've just been clicking on them. It's like it doesn't matter. I'm punching things. I played as a piranha plant. Is the point. <laughs> I, you you can get into some pretty wild and uh, wild and fun games. So if you like the Final Fight style of game, uh, there's there's all sorts of stuff to experience. There's like a a feudal uh, I'd say it's almost a, a feudal uh, feudal uh, Chinese game where it's like uh, you're kind of in China and saving villages from. The, a rival clan of like uh, rulers, and there's uh, you know there's guys. I, it's just <laughs> there's so many scenarios there. I've been enjoying all of them, and, and there's seven. There's like hours of entertainment for the twenty dollars. There's just so many worse things that you can get into than that. So that's my recommendation of the week: the uh, Capcom beat 'em up bundle. Uh, if you're gonna, if it's down to that in Tomb Raider, I'd say save yourself the forty bucks. Just get the beat 'em up bundle. You can play that for like a week. If you go back and play the other characters, even after you have the achievements or played with friends, there's even more time. I mean, those games are short too. Like Final Fight, you can clear that an hour and a half by yourself. Unlimited continues. Get the achievement, which on Xbox is a hundred points. I'd imagine on PlayStation it's an easy platinum as well. Because the achievements are basically beat the games, play all the games, get a high score, and play every game online with a friend. I mean, it's not... I mean, if you're into trophy hunting, if you're into achievement hunting, there's there's a lot of cheap reasons there to, to pick that up. You can... You can rack up a lot of gamer score and or trophies very, very quickly and have a great time doing it. That's just my point. 
And we're coming to the end of September. Last big release this month will probably be the Ultimate Edition of Forza Horizon 4. Played the demo. I love Forza Horizon. If you buy that Ultimate Edition, you get the James Bond car pack. You get uh, cars from just the entire series up to the Daniel Craig. They have like the some of the cars from Spectre and... Things like that. There's some of the cars from the Roger Moore era. They showed one that actually does, in fact, uh, from the Bond series. It turns into a submarine. You can drive it on water. So there's uh, that's only if you buy the Ultimate Edition, which is a hundred bucks. I'm sure they'll sell that car pack separately for like fifteen, ten, fifteen dollars at some point. Uh, I have the Xbox Game Pass. That is enough to make me... Con- because I love Horizon, and, the, and they're doing two expansions, because in the Ultimate Edition, it says, includes two expansions. You're getting changing weather seasons, which I got to see in the demo. You go through fall, winter, summer, spring. You know, you have rainstorms, snowstorms, falling leaves, all sorts of stuff. Everything you'd imagine. If you're into racing games... I mean, Xbox has that on lockdown, in my opinion. I don't. I'm not even necessarily a racing game fan. The Forza series has really changed that since uh, since the start of this generation. I've been playing motorsport, which is generally something I wouldn't have much interest in at all. But even that's a lot of fun. And then Horizon, I just love. It's an arcade. Uh, it's an arcade game. More so than serious simulation. Like you get rewarded for going off road. Break- <laughs> My favorite, you get destruction bonuses. If you see a fence and drive into the fence and just keep going and send pieces of the fence everywhere, you get extra points for that. And going airborne and things like that, landing on two wheels, stuff that may not necessarily be encouraged in other racing games and or frowned upon, is kind of encouraged in that game. I, I just love the... The feel of that. But then you get into what a lot of people, I think Angry Joe uh, famously calls it Broketober. <laughs> Broketober is coming. And that's because the biggest video game releases of the year seem to all be coming out in October. You had Red Dead Redemption 2, which was all, always going to make for a big October. But then you had people trying to get in front of that game, not wanting to release after it. And it's just flooded the uh, it's just flooded the market here in early October with tons of games. You have Call of Duty Black Ops Four. That's usually a November game. Now it's the uh, second week of October. Uh, Blackout mode. The, that was a huge success. People love the beta. A lot of streamers. Doctor Disrespect, usually a uh, PUBG streamer, Fortnite streamer. They love this thing. This thing kind of took over a lot of channels uh, on Twitch during its run. And uh, people like it. I played a couple times. I'm not a big... I I will say this. I play a lot of Battle Royale, but only with friends. I I do a lot of PUBG in duos and squads. I don't like it by myself. I hate it, in fact, because it just stresses me out and... It's not good when I get stressed out. It can lead to panic. It it can lead to a lot of nasty stuff. It's like I don't need to be getting that worked up over a video game. If you're playing it with someone else, you have other people to talk to. And then the quiet moments, you can kind of joke around and have a good time. And you pay attention when you need to pay attention. And solos, I'm even nervous during the quiet looting times. 
So it's just, it's not good. And we couldn't get everyone linked up for whatever reason. I work a lot on the weekends, so we couldn't quite get a blackout crew. Then there was a WWE pay-per-view, so I was watching that on Sunday. I was kind of out of the out of the loop then. But uh, for the most part, just couldn't get a group together to try it out. But long story short, you have blackout, you have zombies, you have... Regular multiplayer, which I played a bunch of. I like that. Boots on the ground, Call of Duty is one of my favorite things. And that, this one's different. But at the same time, there's no jetpacks everywhere, so I can get down with that. I enjoyed it. And I'll probably be uh, playing quite a bit of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you have Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's usually a game that comes out at the end of October. Again, <laughs> that's an open world game. They wanted in front of Red Dead. I think that comes out like October 5th, October 2nd. All these double release dates are killing me. If you buy the gold edition, which I did. I I guess the cool thing about Ubisoft is they give you a lot of value for their season passes. They did announce you are getting Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered and Assassin's Creed Liberation if you pick up the gold edition of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which comes with two expansions uh, that they have announced, you're going to encounter the first person to ever wield a hidden blade, and then you're going to discover the the lost city of Atlantis in the spring next year. And uh, then you get the two remasters, which are uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed Liberation and Assassin's Creed Three. Three, always a controversial game in the series. Not really my favorite either. I guess they're making a lot of changes. They're trying to make it a better game with this release. It's not just a straight port. They say they're doing some things to it. So, I don't know. I like Ubisoft catches a lot of grief, but I think they try harder than... They definitely try harder than someone like EA. They don't just let... They don't just march games out to die... And even when they do re-releases, they still try to fix things that they if they felt like it didn't land how they wanted it to. Whereas EA will just like you see with Star Wars Battlefront, or it's supposed to be a live serve ongoing service. They've done nothing to it in months. Probably won't till this winter when they add a map. You don't have those long gaps with Ubisoft games. They actually put some effort in and, and put some things uh, to it. And then of course you have. Uh, we mentioned Red Dead Redemption. Then you have, of course, WWE 2K, which uh, I was kind of—I did not like last year's at all. I bought WWE games since the beginning. This year they got me as they put AJ Styles on the cover. Been a big fan of his for years. I remember seeing him very, very early on in his uh, Impact TNA, whatever you want to call that company. I actually saw him in Canton. A couple of times with uh, TNA Wrestling when uh, uh, not many people knew who he was and it was lightly attended because TNA did some weird things. In Canton, they would run these things on Friday nights during high school football season. I remember watching these cards from like 7 to 10 and running over to the office and (laughs) helping out with phone calls. which was all cleared in advance. I'm not telling any anything any anyone anything they don't know. I used to I would do this because things don't really pick up on a Friday night until after ten. At least they didn't then. Now it's a little different, but that's that's neither here nor there. 
Anyway, yeah, I, I've watched AJ Styles a long time. Watched him in New Japan win the IWGP title. The, the feuds over there with Kazuchika Okada and all those guys. And now to finally see him on the cover of a WWE video game is pretty cool. So I wanted that. Um, I don't know. That game may be terrible. I don't know what to tell you. It comes out every year. It's coming out in October again. It just adds to the list of stuff I have to buy. And so there's at least like four or five games coming out in October. If you count the regular release of Horizon, that's an October game. It's just there's so much stuff. And it's like I don't I don't know. And then you get into November, they move Battlefield 5. They may need to push that back. Battlefield 5 playing that beta really rough. <laughs> The double, the dual timer when you die and you have to wait for a revive, and then you have to wait eight seconds after the revive. That's too long. You got to fix that, man. You got to fix it. It's too long. I love to take points in battle. I can't do it when if I die, I have to wait twenty seconds. It's like too human. I got to wait for the. <laughs> My friends will find this funny. You may not have played this old Xbox 360 game called Too Human. <laughs> Where if you died, a uh, it was a, it was a game based on Norse mythology. A uh, Valkyrie would come down and carry your body up and ascend to the heavens. This whole cutscene took like 30 to 45 seconds. I think my friends counted it out because they went so baddy watching this play out time. The game gets really hard really fast. So you see this cutscene. So when you die, it's like 45 seconds. Put the controller down. Go get a pizza pocket. Whatever. I was getting the same kind of feelings from uh, playing the Battlefield 5 beta. And that's not good. <laughs> you don't want to be invoking too human basically ever and to do it with the death specifically uh, was not good I just I don't know it's there's a lot of strange things that have gone on with that game I don't I don't know what they were doing people have lost their jobs and or left who knows what happened there with Patrick Soderlund um Definitely some errors on his part, calling the fans uneducated when he had women's running around on the front. Women's. <laughs> I can't even get my tenses right. He had women running around, and you see it in the trailers, running around on the front line, and that was a big thing. I don't know what he was means by uneducated. I mean, that was, I mean, there were women in, you know, the Russian army and some of the other armies, but in the European theater, it would have been extremely rare, I'm not saying impossible, I'm saying rare, to run across a woman on the front lines of an open battle. And, uh, you know, I get what they were going for, they're trying to be more inclusive, but I think they just made, because they did, the, the funny thing is, they did this in Call of Duty World War II last year, you could have a, uh, African-American uh, female soldier with an eye patch, and nobody batted an eye. I think it's because Call of Duty didn't make a big deal about it. They were just like, yeah, it's an option. You can do whatever you want to do. You know, it's there. You can, you know, they had the rainbow flag icon. You could do whatever you wanted to do in Call of Duty World War II. They just, whereas, you know, EA was just making this huge campaign. They were kind of basing all their marketing around this. 
And for me, it was like, it was really weird. It's like, yeah, I can do this already in your competitor's game. And they just, they didn't really need, feel the need to say a lot about it. It's just like, it's the year 2018. I think everybody knows everyone wants to feel included. And I'm fine with that. And the studios are fine with that. The players are generally fine with that. You don't need to, uh, I mean, you just don't need to hammer it home to that, you know, where every trailer is based around. Everything you're seeing about the game is based around the fact you can play as a female soldier, where it's like in Call of Duty, they showed like a five-second thing, and then you could do it when the game came out. It's like, I guess it it didn't feel like an agenda when uh, Call of Duty did it. It was just, it was an option, and when, and, you know... EA made it feel like they were breaking ground, which they weren't. Already established they weren't. It's been done other places. It's been done probably better in other places. And I don't know what they were trying to do. Uh, They basically got on everyone's nerves, as you will. Um, Let me give you a hint, kids. When you go heavy political, one way or the other, there is a high probability of you irritating 50% of your of your audience on the other side. Sometimes less, sometimes greater. Uh, video game players are generally more volatile and less willing to put up with politics. Most of us are here to escape politics. I don't care about an election uh, two years ago when I'm playing Call of Duty World War II. I really don't. Same with Battlefield. I just, you know, I just want to grab an authentic World War II gun and, and you know, take a hill with the M1 Garand and kind of play with my friends, squat up with my friends. And, and those are the, whatever they look like as characters, whatever they've selected, I don't really care. But I, I don't know. It was just a really weird thing. And, you know, they didn't help themselves by announcing it with Trevor Noah with very little game footage. Like, they tied it to politics every step of the way, and then they got upset when people noticed that, called them on it, and then they start calling them names. And, well, at the end of the day, pre-orders were down for the October window. They were trying to go head-to-head with Call of Duty and Red Dead Redemption. 85% analysts said. 85%. Um... If you want to study what not to do, if you're going to target gamers as your core audience, look at what they did with uh, Battlefield Five, and just look at the things that were said to the audience, look at the way they marketed it, and just never do that. Just don't do it. That's how you kill yourself. They had an hour-long presentation with Trevor Noah. I was bored out of my mind. They showed no gameplay. I mean, you have guys sitting around talking, that's great and all, but I mean, you watch the Call of Duty presentation for Black Ops 4, they would talk about stuff and then show the stuff in action that they were talking about as they were talking about it, or shortly after they talked about it. There was a lot of footage. We're here to talk about the game. I mean, just saying there's this or that, and it doesn't really do a whole lot. And in fact, it inspires very little confidence because it's like, what are you hiding? At that point, you know, we're we're six months out from release when you announce this and you have no footage of your game to show. Like, what are you hiding? <laughs> so, and gamers are kind of like that, man, where it's like we've been by EA specifically. We've been burned so many times with incomplete games, games with nasty uh, monetization schemes, uh, games that don't feel finished. And then when you won't show it to us, it feels like you're hiding something. It feels like there's something there you don't want us to see. 
and you're trying to cover it up with a bunch of fancy talk. And, I mean, rightly or wrongly, people are going to be really suspicious of what you're doing if you're EA in that situation. So, Battlefield 5, I still, I think it'll still sell. I'll probably still get it. I hope if they fix that timer, I am not sitting there 30 seconds in between deaths. There's rumors of a Battlefield Bad Company 2 remaster being made if you pick it up. If that turns out to be true, that'll turn into definitively, I'll get it because I'll just play Bad Company 2 and, and skip this new crappy one. I don't mean to call it crappy, it's just... When you talk about Bad Company 2 and you compare it to what I played to the Battlefield 5 beta, it is crappy. <laughs> it's sad to say a game from a decade ago is that much better, but it is. Yeah, it's just that much more fun. So, yeah. That'll probably be the deciding factor for me is if the remaster uh, comes with it or not. Because it's what I played, it was okay. I just don't trust them to support that. You saw Battlefront, they're like, yeah, all the DLC is going to be free. Now you're like, what DLC? They did one map a month after release. It's been nearly a year later, and they've released no other big maps, no Conquest maps. Whereas with the season pass, they promised you like 20 maps, and they had to do it. Here they're saying, yeah, 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 we're totally going to support it, and you don't have to pay for it, and oh, here's one. One a year. I guess they're doing Geonosis from the Clone Wars. They announced it at E3. They're saying, like, this winter. So they're averaging one map a year. I guess there's some maps for the smaller modes. I don't play those. I don't care about those in Battlefront. I'm only about the big Conquest maps. Same thing with Battlefield. I'm not playing Team Deathmatch on Battlefield or Battlefront. I'm sorry. I just those That's done better by Call of Duty. Much better. Those games are built around Kill Confirm, Team Deathmatch a lot of times. So it's like these little small Job of the Hutt's Palace or whatever, which was an old map you just brought back and put in for like Team Deathmatch and Battlefront. I don't care. I'm not playing that. It's the big maps. That's where it's at. And they haven't done that. And they've kind of lost my trust on that. So when they said they're going to support Battlefield 5 and keep the community together, I'm like, what, one map a year? Because that's what you're averaging. So there's not a lot of trust, nor should you trust EA. Uh, shouldn't feel too upset if you skip, uh, Battlefront, or Battlefield 5. I just, I mean, Call of Duty to me, Black Ops 4, what I've played has been really fun. I'm just, I'm probably gonna live there, mostly. I was always a bigger Battlefield guy until recently. I just, I, it felt like they've really become light on content. Ever since Hardline, I know that wasn't DICE. That was, uh... It was a studio. It was Visceral Games, whose EA shut down. That's their other favorite thing to do: is to shut down studios. Ever since then, even with uh, Battlefield One and now Battlefield, it just feels like there's not many guns. There's just a dearth of content. It seems like they cut back on content. I mean, you look at Battlefield Four. There was like hundreds at launch of guns, assault rifles, carbines, sniper rifles, shotguns, assault rifle, any time you know, any kind of gun class you wanted, there was like twenty options. Or it seemed like there was twenty options. You go into them now, there's like five and they take forever to grind out. So it's like it's just it's dice has just been stripped down. It seems like it's a whole money making thing. I don't know. I just I'm kind of frustrated with that. 
It's not like November is becoming any lighter. You got Fallout uh, 76. A lot of my friends are excited about that. I generally go where my friends are. To that end, I pre-ordered Fallout 76. Uh, so I'm I'm going to be part of that community as well coming up. And uh, I think there's even some other things that you run into start. And this may not seem like a big thing, and it shouldn't be when you're Battlefield. But early December, you have uh, a new Just Cause game. I love Just Cause. I, I think we've established one thing. is that Cliff Hickman loves blowing things up. That's what we've established this podcast. He likes shooting nameless thugs, blowing stuff up. And they let me do that in Just Cause. And now they've got, like, weather events. They've showed hurricanes, just nasty storms where you can uh, kind of launch rockets into the hurricanes, make them flaming hurricanes and they'll kind of destroy enemy bases i don't know i want to experience that oh there's a new darksiders game that is in november that's the other one in november i was thinking of probably not a big thing for a lot of people i love darksiders though the joe Matarera designs an old school comic creator just beautiful and i'm looking forward to seeing that come back after such a long time and i hope it's good so darksiders uh three also coming out in that window, just a lot of good stuff, guys. This this fall, when they when you talk about Broketober and beyond, it's just jam packed. Even in January, you're getting uh, Kingdom Hearts three and the Resident Evil two remake. I'm getting that. Uh, I know Joe's real excited about Resident Evil two remake. Me never was a Resident Evil player. I got that mainly, so I'll check that out with him, and we'll probably talk about it at some point. It's uh, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, never really played those either, but this game looks fun. I'm gonna check that out. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a costly stretch <laughs> in the next uh, ten to fourteen weeks for gamers. But uh, again, if I had any advice, if you take anything away, play Spider Man, play the Capcom Beat 'Em Up bundle, and uh, everything else. You can kind of just take it by ear. I'll try to. Get one of these in and talk about all the good games as they come out. Hopefully I'll be able to do one on, on Red Dead Redemption 2. Whether it's an extra podcast or the main download required podcast, uh, we shall see. But that's something we're going to be actively taking a look at. So that's been the Download Required Gaming Podcast. We'll be back with probably a normal podcast next week. We will see how things go. It's uh, good to take a break from uh, comic books and all the nonsense they have going on over there. It's just really ugly. Go on Twitter. You can just see it. It's nasty. It's like video games hasn't been invaded to that degree yet where you have the political parties just fighting it out and shouting at each other. Mainly because gamers are kind of really resistant to that. And that's one thing. Like you saw EA try to bring the politics in and you saw their sales are down 85%. You can bring it in, but it's at your peril. And that's what I appreciate about that community. We just don't engage in that sort of thing. If you've ever been in a video game chat room, it's just its not the place for it. It's kind of the last bastion of freedom on the net, people. Video games. <laughs> so I'm there a lot. I can get the news anywhere else. I'm just not interested in reading the headlines from a comic book or reading about an election from two years ago. In a comic book, I'd rather just play the game. All right, that's going to do it for Download Required. I'll see you next week.